the Lord. Well, the Lord balanced me out so all over here in my particular build. And uh, I tell you, I have weak ankles, so I've hurt my ankles two or three different times. I can step on a rock and just almost fall over there. It's kind of a bad thing. Good news is there's not any rocks in the church at. I better not say what I was thinking. Anyway, we're glad that you're here. If you have your Bibles, want to turn to Hebrews 12. And uh, the next few weeks, of course, that's what I intend to do. I always try to do what the Lord wants me to do. We may do some different things in between, but I've uh, been feeling like it was really needful that we would do some studying about holiness. I want to be holy unto the Lord. I want to be right with God. So we want to read to start here tonight, Hebrews, the 12th chapter, in verse 14. It says, Follow peace with all men, and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Everybody say, Praise the Lord. Bless you, may be seated. Uh, I believe Brother Coker is the one that mentioned it when he was here. A lot of people leave out that first part. It says, follow peace with all men. Uh, you know, yes, we do have to have holiness, but I want to have a peaceful spirit. Uh, I believe that the Holy Ghost will lead and guide us and direct us. And because we have to understand, if you was brought up in Pentecost, even if you went out into the world, when you come back and get the Holy Ghost, so you have a lot better foundation than people that weren't brought up this way. Uh, that's why I've had people tell me, well, you know, I got the Holy Ghost, and I just knew what to do. Well, they was brought up as a child, and so they knew what they were supposed to do. But somebody prays through and comes in, uh, as the old saying is, we don't want to skin them before you catch them. And so uh, I ask you please to, uh, of course, realize that it's not your job to, to clean them. You know, if there's somebody doing something that's obvious, you know, let me take care of it. It's all right to come tell me about it if you just feel like you need to. But uh, let me take care of it because dealing with souls is such a delicate thing. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure in my time I have not meaning to, but just in trying to be good intentioned. But when you deal with souls, I've looked back sometimes and I, I wished I'd have been a little firmer with some and I wished I'd have been a little more understanding with others. Uh, of course, the bottom line is everybody's going to have to get a hold of it uh, for themselves. Uh, tonight, we're mainly going to talk about just uh, trying to give an overview of holiness. And, of course, this is just really one of God's basic characteristics. God is holy. That's why we're going to have to be holy to go to heaven. Uh, he is holy, and so he cannot abide sin. Uh, he, can't, he just can't take it. And, of course, in the Old Testament, uh, it was a kind of a negative concept of separation and then the positive concept of dedication. But you know, the truth is nowadays, it's wisdom to have separation. Aren't you glad you understand that it's not good to live like the world lives? <laughs> uh, you know, some of the things that we say we shouldn't do, they're good for you. It's good for you not to get drunk. It's good for you not to do drugs. It's good for you not to take nicotine into your body. It is. That's just good for you. And that is a separation that our preachers preached on some of these things when everybody thought we was a little daffy. And yet come to find out 
we're not so daffy anymore. And uh, they're, they're wishing that they had listened then. And, of course, for us as born-again Christians, it does mean separation from sin and dedication to the, God, to the Lord. The same thing. There are some things the Bible is very plain on that I have to separate myself from. And then there are some things that I do as a consecration to the Lord. And this is where sometimes we, we, we get in trouble with somebody. We think if I'm doing it, everybody else ought to do it. There are a few things that's personal convictions. You know, there are a few things that maybe because of your background you don't need to do that in itself is not a sin. And somebody else in the church may be doing it. They may be playing, and I hate to say it, but somebody might be shooting pool. And Brother Adcock has a real personal conviction, don't you, Brother Adcock, about this pool. But why? Why? You ever heard him tell it? He come out of the pool hall. See, don't even have pool halls nowadays. But just the thought of pool uh, is the same way I feel about rock and roll music. You know, I don't want to hear nobody, uh, you know, I'm not real much on some of these new so-called Christian guys. You know, I try to understand that some of that's my personal conviction there. It sounds like rock and roll to me. You know, and so I don't like to hear that guitar whining so much, you know. Uh, I have tried when we first left Shreveport evangelizing, uh, I, my wife and Shelly, they, they put on a tape one day in the van, and uh, boy, I said, y'all going to have to turn that off. We're not going to listen to that. And it was Carmen. But you know what happened there? Every once in a while they'd play it. I got to where I kind of liked old Carmen myself. You know why? Some of his words were powerful. He wrote the song, I've Been Delivered. That song that they sang Sunday night that was so powerful. And so a lot of times we need to understand that that doesn't mean you have to like it. That doesn't mean you have to do it. But if it's not a direct violation of the word of the Lord, you need to have some personal conviction. You need to have some things. But we need to understand holiness is essential to salvation. It's not an optional thing. Uh, that's why we in Pentecostal ranks have preached it. People accuse us of preaching of works. We're not preaching works. We're preaching, though, if you have real saving grace. If you really love him, you want to please him. You want to make him happy. And just like the kingdom of God says you must be born again, uh, or you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. I mean, John 3 says that. It also said what we read tonight, without holiness, no man's going to see the Lord. And so to think that I can live any way I want to and do anything I want to is very naive of me. And I have been blinded, if I feel like that, by the God of this world. You see, the Bible says if I offend the law in one part, I'm guilty of the whole law. And so that means I, I don't have to smoke or drink or curse or dope again to be lost. See, I, there, there's other ways I can be lost without doing that. And that's what God delivered me from all of that. And then, of course, I love the scripture, Romans 12 and 1. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service see God really has trouble with some of us after he reached down in the miry clay picked us up cleaned us off cleaned us off and then sometimes we forget where we came from I want you to know a drowning man will agree to anything nearly hey if you're going to die if somebody don't help you, you you'll give them all your money you'll do whatever it takes I was so hungry for God 
I told him, in effect, I'll do anything you want me to do. I'll be anything you want me to be. And I hope I still got that attitude tonight. Uh, I, I, I like to hear somebody preach to me. I really do. I, I like to hear. I don't always agree with all the preaching that I hear on some of the holiness issues. I, I never have believed it's a, a, a heaven or hell about the sleeve lane. You know, but I don't mind somebody preaching it. Hey, if they can get me under conviction, have at it, man. You know, but uh, I'm just saying I don't mind them pre hearing that. There's a lot of people nowadays, they don't want to hear any that kind of preaching. They're afraid it might prick their heart. And uh, so that shows right there, if we don't want to hear it, that there may be a little something wrong someplace. And, uh, and so we need to, and it goes on to say, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, I, I don't want to get conformed to this world. And, of course, it is a sacrifice sometimes to live for God. There are a few things that I would like to do, really, that I still would like to do, but I don't because I'm trying to please God. You know, things that I still would enjoy. There's even a few things that, that I don't even know if I would classify them as sin, but the Bible says to abstain from the very appearance of evil. And so I have to realize that people are watching me, and they're watching you. See, they're watching you everywhere you go. And, of course, you can't be holy if you don't have the Holy Ghost. First of all, you know, there have been some other churches that uh, back in the old days, everybody kind of preached holiness. You ever see an old Western made in 1950? The women looked Pentecostal. Really, they did. Had their hair up, had long dresses on. In other words, everybody accepted that as a, the way that a woman ought to dress. Well, just because Hollywood has changed the style doesn't mean that God's changed the style. And so we're not trying uh, to be like them. Of course, we need to understand, though, if I don't have the Holy Ghost, I can dress all so prim and proper, and it won't do me any good. So uh, we're going to be talking actually here for a week or two or whenever the next time we do it. I'm just saying I might feel like preaching next Wednesday. Not what the Lord wants me to do. But uh, we're going to be talking about the attitudes and everything. It's probably going to take several weeks to cover everything here. And, of course, it is taught directly by the Holy Ghost, it says in John 14, 26, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Now after saying that, let me tell you, the Holy Ghost will let you, it'll help your conscience. That's what it'll do. But the truth is, you've got to hear some teaching to understand what the Bible really says. You know, a child has to be taught table manners. They have to be taught how to brush their teeth. They have to be taught certain things. It's not that they're being bad. They just don't know to do it. And so that's why you need to hear somebody teach and preach the Word of God because I don't want anybody to be lost because of ignorance. I don't want somebody to say, well, I, I never heard that, and, and so, God, i got to be okay. No, if it's violation of the Word of God, uh, that's why you need to be studying yourself. That's why you ought to be seeking out God uh, for yourself. And, of course, uh, Philippians 2 and 12, a lot of people have misused this scripture. It says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That's not talking about you decide everything you think is right or wrong. That's not what it's saying. What it's saying is, ultimately, I can't make anybody do anything. 
you're going to be saved, it's going to be because you worked it out in your own mind that I want to be right with God. And that if it's in the Word of God, of course, the real truth of the matter is, and people don't like to hear it much anymore, but the Bible says to obey those that have the rule over you. Now, husbands like to hear that when they're talking to their wives. But churches don't like to hear it much anymore. But still, that's what the Bible says. And so that's why I feel like you need to be very careful from a pastor standpoint as what you say is heaven or hell. There's a difference between warning about something and saying this is an essential matter. There's a lot of essential matters. There's some things that we just cannot do. Some places we just cannot go. Some ways we just cannot dress. I mean, that there's nothing to debate about it. There's nothing to even argue about, really. But then there are some areas that, that it does come in that the Bible talks about there are some weights. And because it says lay aside every weight. Of course, you realize, how many of y'all realize it'd be good to pray two hours a day? Wouldn't that be good? Bible says, he that knoweth to do good, doeth it not. To him it's a sin. We know that's good. But for me to say, if you don't pray two hours a day, you're going to hell. See, that's taking something out of context there. Now, I'm going to tell you, you better pray. And you better read your Bible. And you need to be here every time the doors are open. But you see, there's just some issues that you're going to have to work out your own salvation with. Now, like I said, we're not talking about biblical principles. We'll get more uh, about that. But these personal convictions. You know, that's why Paul, though, was writing, he said, if I know that meat offends my brother, I'm not going to eat meat. You know, if I had a pool table, and I don't have one, Brother But if I had one, I wouldn't invite Brother Adcock over and chalk up the sticks and say, hey, you want to play a game? You know what I'm saying? See, because I know that would offend him. You see, so when, if you know somebody has a personal consecration about something, don't try to tempt them. Don't try to talk them out of that. If somebody's made a dedication unto the Lord, you ought to be their friend and encourage them in that. Uh, that's why he was talking about, if I know that he, he said, I, meat's nothing's wrong with meat. He said, but if it's going to offend my brother, that, then I wasn't going to eat any meat. And so that principle right there uh, is kind of a heavy consequence. It really is. Uh, if you really think about that. And I know people say, well, I just don't care what anybody thinks. Well, that's the problem right there. If you've got the Holy Ghost, we've got to understand we are our brother's keeper. We are. I want everybody in this place to be saved. I don't want anybody to be lost. That if somebody gets down, they don't need somebody beating them over the head. We need to encourage them. We need to strengthen one another. And you'll find out if you'll fellowship uh, with people and talk about the Lord, it's not hard living for God. Uh, the Bible says in Romans 14, let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind for what service not of faith is sin. Boy, that's a tough scripture right there. If it's not of faith, it's sin. Boy, I've had doubts lots of times. How about you? See, so when we start talking about pleasing God, we got to understand it's more than just the outward apparel. Uh, it's my attitude and, of course, uh, it cannot be legislated. You know, the truth of the matter is technology has outflanked us nowadays. Uh, Brother Booker, uh, he just preached a wonderful message there at the camp meeting last year. And he was talking about, he told a story about a boy came to him and said, my daddy's fixing to kick me out of the house. 
And he said, why? I said, because he got the phone bill in, and he had a $700 bill for $900. He had been calling these filthy, disgusting people on the phone, and they was charging him money. Now, what are we going to do? Tell everybody not to have a telephone? No. That's just like saying some people write hot checks. Does that mean we're going to preach against checkbooks? No. We're going to say you better understand that uh, I, I want to be saved. I want to do what's right. That you can't legislate everything. And the day we're living in, I, I wished, I believe it was simpler 30 years ago, 40 years ago. It really was. Our society wasn't as bad. And we need to understand our children are being brought up and we better teach them some principles about living for God. Because they're not always going to be in your house. They're not always going to be right there where you're watching them. You better teach them if it's filthy and ungodly or indecent, whether it's on a moving picture or steel pictures or on the radio or on the phone, we just don't do those kind of things. They've got to get that principle in there. If it's only because you're watching me, I'm not doing it. And we've all experienced that, haven't we? You watch them like a hawk, and every once in a while they look over and see if you're looking. You know, see, God's not really... He's not wanting to be a policeman. So he's not wanting to be a policeman. He's saying, whosoever will. He really, I, I really, he thinks, like I said a while ago, that everybody ought to be so happy to be in the kingdom of God. People that have trouble with standards just have never fell in love with Jesus Christ. You know, they just haven't got a hold of it, uh, not understanding what it's all about. Uh, and it goes on to say, 1 John 2, 15, love not to the world, Neither the things that are in the world. Well, now things, that covers a lot of stuff, doesn't it? A car is a thing. A deer is a thing. You see what I'm saying? In other words, you can take, that's why you have to really pray about this. What, what are we going to do here? I know one time, as a matter of fact, I believe it was uh, Elder Brother Holmes, it was his daddy, he he was a real straight shooter, and he's preaching love, not the world, just everything. And one man come up to him and said, you know, Brother Holmes, said pots and pans is of the world. Well, they are. And that's what I'm saying. So you have to decide, is it holy? Is it clean? Is it modest? Is it decent? Or how will people even view me that, if I do that? You see, I don't want my reputation. Uh, it wouldn't be, you know, I'd hate to I think I says, well, I'd hate to break down two or three days in a row in front of the liquor store and have to go in there and use the phone. Somebody just see you coming out. And you know, somebody'd see you if you broke down in front of one of them. It'd be somebody never even went by there, just happened to come by there. And there he, I saw him in that store, you know. But you see, I, I'd really try not to go in there and use even the phone for the fact that I'm trying to keep my reputation clean. But uh, we need to understand uh Law or fear may cause us to avoid sin to a certain degree, but the best way is loving him. It's just strictly loving him. You show me somebody that loves him. You know, uh, when you get married, I, I hope you didn't. Almost nowadays, it probably wouldn't be a bad idea to kind of list what's expected of you. You ever know she didn't know what to expect when you got married? My wife wishes she probably made a list before we got married. See, my mama always pampered me. Mamas, don't pamper your babies. They'll grow up to be cowboys. And, uh, you know, I'm just saying uh, that she pampered me. And so I just assumed that that's what a wife, well, matter of fact, she used to tell me, 
when daddy would get the end of the cake, she said, when you get to be the man, you get the end of the cake. That's what she told me. You'd be, be the big cheese. That's what she told me. I'm just telling you. That my mama's 73 years old. She grew up in that generation. That's the way it was. And my mother didn't work. But my wife has worked almost all these years. And so I'm, I'm doing better, y'all. I'm glad to report. I'm, my alarm's going off. Boy, is my alarm going off. <laughs> Uh, hallelujah. Yeah, but I thought she's listening at the door out there. Glad she came in when she did. I might better get to the next point here. And uh, But we need to understand we do live in a different generation. It's really best for women not to work. It really is. Uh, there's no two ways about that. Uh, but you're going to have to think about that before you get into debt. Because the Bible says you're supposed to pay your debts. See, and sometimes we put ourselves in these situations. And then, of course, we was wrong. The men were wrong in just demanding to be the dictator of the house. Ladies, can I get an amen? I'm just saying, they, they, it's not supposed to be that way. In other words, my wife doesn't do what she does for me because I tell her to. She does it because she wants to make me happy. See, that's why she does it. That's why she fixes what I want to fix. That's why she goes, you know, they used to tell her in Shreveport that she was too submissive. I don't know. She's not quite submissive she was then. But I'm just saying, maybe she was too submissive. You know, really, she almost wouldn't stand up for herself. You see, that's not good. You see, there needs to be a relationship to where it's fair and it's honest. And God wants us to understand that he's not wanting to rule like I'm going to beat you down if you don't do it. Or that you've got to do it because if you don't, you're going to go to hell. Now, the truth of the matter is you're going to go to hell if you don't do some things. But he don't want you doing it just for that reason. So he wants you to do it because you love him. Uh, he did say in John 14, 23, if a man loves me, he'll keep my words, he'll keep my commandments. So you see, the bottom line is if you love the Lord, if somebody can show you in the word, the principles of the, of the word, then you ought to be glad to do it. Because if you love him, you'll keep his word. And then he went on to say, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, boy, that's... Uh, in other words, once again, what does love in the world mean? You know, we use that word love. You know, boy, I love chocolate pie. I mean, I do love chocolate pie. Now, I don't love it like I love the Lord, generally. And, uh, no, I, I don't love it like I love the Lord. But, see, we use that word, oh, I love that outfit you've got on. And so you've got to understand love is, is when it comes down to if I'm going to do one of two things. Whatever I love the most, I'm going to do that. You see, if it comes down to uh, either playing softball or playing basketball, if I got the choice, I'm going to play softball. I'd much rather play softball. I, I love it more. But you see, when he says love the world, there's some things in the world there's nothing wrong with. Nothing wrong with hunting. Nothing wrong with hunting. You know, nothing wrong with fishing. 
nothing wrong with it. matter of fact, it's good, actually, to get out in the outdoors and have some time. There's some things in the world there's nothing wrong with. But you see, when it comes to the point that it dominates me, that that's what I think about all the time, that's what I dwell on all the time, it's got out of control. And it might not even be a sin in itself. But anything that begins to obsess your time can become a God to you. See, that's where you give yourself. You ever notice, you know, Wednesday nights, you ever notice how you're tired when it's time to come to church? You don't ever notice that. Anyway, you know, Wednesday night. But you know, if we're having recreation on Thursday night, I know some people just, they're not near as tired. You know, the ladies have their little salad deal. I know people aren't quite as tired each side as they were coming to church. I'm just saying, in other words, you see, a lot of it is perception of how we see things. When you really enjoy doing something, it's like old Br'er Rabbit saying, don't throw me out there in the briar patch. You know, don't, don't bring no chocolate pie. You know, see, I'm not being sincere if I say that. And so we need to understand when it talks about loving God, that means putting him first. You see, that's why uh, that we need to be careful about how we schedule our lives about even missing church. You see, it's one thing in a temporary situation that you have to do something. I, I wish, I, I, I want to talk to all our young people sometimes. They need to try to find them something to do that won't take them out of church. Really. They need to find something. There's so many situations now, and I've worked in one myself for years, but it wasn't as good as it would have been if I could have been there every time the doors was open. And while they're young and making these choices, uh, that's the time to understand that. Of course, Romans, uh, then 1 Thessalonians said, abstain from all appearance of evil. I mentioned that. Abstain from it. He didn't say that necessarily some of it in itself was wrong, but that's a commandment. Abstain from the appearance of evil. Don't, don't buy your children little gum cigarettes. See, why, why would I want to do that? You know, you ever seen little gum sticks of, Looks like cigarettes. And it's chewing gum. Well, that's just chewing gum. Yeah, but you see, that's planting a thought, and the appearance is not good. That's just like letting your children, the little girls, dress up with earrings and beads and everything. Why, why would I want to do that? All I'm going to do is give them a desire in their heart. You see, that's what's going to happen. And so I'm, I'm trying to abstain from the appearance of evil. Now, that doesn't mean everybody's going to always think you're abstaining, you know. There are some things you're just going to have to pray about. You're going to have to ask God. But saving our children is a full-time job. Nowadays, there is so much pressure on our children, and they make them grow up fast. You know, I was talking to Brother Whitehead one day. I just let him tell me this. I've wondered why it seems like the girls mature sooner nowadays. He said because they eat better than they did years ago. I don't know if that's it or what, but I'm saying when I've gone to schools, uh, I'm saying, you know, when I was in the sixth grade, they're just all plain-looking girls. You go to the fourth grade now, there's some good-looking girls. I'm telling them they look like women nearly. And part of it is, yes, maybe they're fed, but you know what part of it is? They're dressing them like women. See, they're, they're trying to make put that pressure on them that they can't be eight years old and nine years old and ten years old don't push your children to let them enjoy being children. Let them just have fun doing simple and innocent things. You know, why, why would we want to push them like that? 
And then, of course, it goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 9.25 to be temperate in all things. That means even things I like to do, I got to be temperate. And we struggle with that. You know, I, I've known people, and I, I've seen it in my own family. I'm glad, glad to say we're doing a little better now, but they spend just hours on the computer. Now, there ain't nothing wrong with the computer, but if you spend eight hours a day, you know, it makes you think, don't it? You know, well, it's getting quiet. Hallelujah. I'm just saying, I'll try to tell them, you don't need to do anything all the time. There's nothing wrong with eating, but you don't need to do it all the time. You know, there's, you just don't need to do something all the time. You're not going to be a well-balanced person. See, and when you focus in on something, give your energies to that, then God somehow gets squeezed out of that picture. You know what's amazing to me is how can people give themselves to make money? They can give themselves for the athletic world, but we just can't give ourselves for God. Oh, that's a shame. And I'm just confessing I've struggled with that myself for years. When I gambled, I used to practice blackjack hour after hour after hour. I'm, I'm talking about all night long. That's what I did. Sitting in front of the tube, I'd be practicing blackjack. Hour after, I could give myself to that. But you see, it's just hard, seems like. You know why? It's not a natural thing to pray all the time. The flesh is fighting you praying. The flesh is fighting you reading the Bible. You see, but the natural man, he just loves that stuff that's devious. There's just something about it that you can give yourselves. You ever notice if you enjoy, I've, I've known a guy or two that enjoyed working on cars. Nothing wrong with that. Boy, they could work on a car. They could just sit there and be so patient with that wire. Man, I'd have done yanked it out. You know, they just would be... They couldn't get it in, and they just be whistling around there, and I'm looking under there and talking. I'm hoping we're going to go get us a milkshake, and they just keep on messing messing with that wire there, and they just was paid. Why? They had an interest in that thing. Nothing wrong with having an interest, but it does say to be temperate in all things. If people in the world, if they, they know anything about it, it ought to be that we love to go to church, you know, that we love to live right. Not our next-door neighbor shouldn't think, boy, that guy loves to fish, don't he? See, they ought to realize that there's, there's more to me than that. Well, they ought to. We've got to exercise self-control and restraint. Uh, see, we're not supposed to go to ex the extremes. You know, some people can dress in such a manner they claim to be holy, but it draws attention to themselves. See, modesty is not drawing attention to yourself. That's what modesty, not only is it covering up your body, but it's not drawing attention to yourself. I've seen a few women that had dresses on that it wasn't modest. You know, they just was too close, you know. And I'm just saying they was dressed as far as, well, it went to the knee and it was up to here and down to here. But you see, that's why you can't legislate everything. You've got to let the Holy Ghost talk to you. I'm not supposed to be calling attention. Uh, you know, that's why, when, like I say, you go to Walmart, and, man, you can't help but stare at some people. You know, you try not to stare too long. But, I mean, you know, they come walking by, you know, and it's like, man, can you believe that? Man, Brother Perry, Brother Perry, remember that lady at Six Flags? I tell you, this lady come by, and, and Brother Perry said something like, boy, that shows you anybody can find somebody. I mean, I mean, it was... 
she had her a boyfriend. And she came back to buy it. He said, let's just look one more time. So we did. <laughs> I just couldn't believe. I mean, man, it was, it was really unbelievable. It was a 20-pound load in a 10-pound sack. I'm just saying it was just, it just wasn't no way. And yet it called attention. It called attention. And uh, so we're not supposed to be like that. And could I even say this? And I, I don't really think we have any trouble with this, really. But, oh, I've been a lot of towns. And you see the Pentecostal people coming. And you know they're Pentecostal because they're sloppy looking. Man, see, that, that draws attention to you. Just being sloppy. Hair all stringing down there. You know, I, I'm just saying, you know, that we need to be understanding who we are. And that people are looking for any excuse to discount what we teach and preach. So they're looking for inconsistencies. And, of course, we are inconsistent at times. But I've got to do my very best. And that's why I've said before, yeah, I get aggravated when I have a flat tire. But, you know, if I have a flat tire, and, and of course, I live right there in those apartments. You know, a lot of people live there. And. Man, I was out there throwing stuff out of my trunk and throwing the tire tool down and kicking the tire and going on and then say, Hey, could you come to church Sunday? See that they're not gonna they're not gonna receive that as well. You see, because that's what they do. Actually, you know what's bad? I've seen good old folks in other churches that had more self control than we got. Just telling you the truth. There's some good people in the world. That don't save them. But we ought to be good. He said, let your good works show forth that they might glorify your Father. But he said, we ought to have good works. Uh, I'm telling you, we ought to be a good worker on the job. We ought to be honest. We ought to be faithful. We ought to be diligent. See, Brother Barry, uh, Brother Barry's really ended up being some kind of representative at his at general election. That's a huge place he works at. But out of all those people, so he's been chosen for one or two special things because he's big meeting sometimes. And that he's some kind of form, but they chose him to be a representative of all that group. There was something about him that was different. See, they knew that this man was a man of his word. And that's what people's looking for. And so we need to understand that. And of course, we need to hate sin. I'm not talking about the sinner, but sin. We don't hate sin, folks. I saw a sign one time on the church. It said, it's not enough to love the flowers. you got to hate the weeds. And that really, really is true. Uh, that's why if it's one thing that will make me mad is to find any kind of records or albums in my house that's not gospel. I mean, it just burns me up. I hate that kind of music. I'm talking about I hate it. I know what it did to my life. I know how that music is so powerful. Listen to me, young people. Music is one of the most, it may be the most powerful influence of the world system. You get caught up in listening to your own style of music, and it's hard to get into the flow of the Holy Ghost. You don't go down the road singing Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. You go down the road singing so whatever you've been listening to. And so uh, I've hadn't always been successful. But they know if I find it, there's fixing to be trouble in the camp because I hate it. 
I hate it because I know what it can do. You know why preachers preach like they do sometimes? We have seen what sin does to people. See, maybe you've been doing something and it had never bothered you, but we've worked with ten other people that got involved in that and all of them's out there now. And so that makes us want to preach a standard and a guideline that if I was a farmer or I had sheep or something and, and there was a big hole in the backyard and after about one or two of them fell in the hole, you put a fence around the hole to protect them from going there. Now, a lot of them never would have fallen in there. Some of them might could have got right to the edge and grazed on it been okay. But do we want to lose somebody just because we was just didn't want to say anything? So we've got to understand this. It is an awesome responsibility to teach and preach the Word of God. Now, the Bible says that it's just as wrong to add to the Word as it is to take away. Boy, that scripture bothers me. You know, I don't want to add to the Word. You see, I don't want to be guilty of putting, it says there in one of the Gospels, that they have taken the commandments of men and made them the commandments of God. That's not right. That's not right. Now, it's one thing to say you need to be careful about doing this. But when you start saying this is right and this is wrong, it better be based on a biblical principle. It better be based on something that, that is not just my personal preference about things. Uh, well, we're going to get more on this as, as we go along here. Uh, I do have a responsibility. The Bible talks about the watchman on the wall and that if he doesn't warn the people, that he's going to be guilty of the blood on their hands. Boy, that's a scary thought right there. Uh, I've had times, you know, uh, up in Cleveland, all I had was new people. That's all I had. My sister Brenda and, and, uh, and then Sister Seals was 85, but she didn't want to do much wrong. And uh, But, you know, everybody else was new people. And, uh, you know, I had to come to grips. They was living together, not being married. You know, if they got discouraged, they went out and got drunk or something. And so I had to decide, you know, what is really important, you know. And so I, I had to come to grips with, I want to teach them the principles of the Word of God because I wasn't going to be there every day, every second, say, you don't need to do that. I try to teach them, pray, pray. The Holy Ghost really will tell you about 90% of the things you ought to do and not do. Now, the other 10%, you need to hear a preacher expound a little bit on you. If you'll really pray, you'll feel a check in the Holy Ghost about doing something. We went to, uh, I probably told you before, but we went to Monroe, a bunch of young people, young couples from Shreveport one time. We, I forgot what we went for, but we went over shopping or something. You know. Now, I'm not much on shopping, but I went. And then one of the ladies said, why don't we go to the water park? I said, the water park? She said, yeah, we'll just go in our clothes. I said, did you ask Brother Hutchman? She said, no. I was afraid he might say no. Well, that right there told me that her conscience was bothering her. I said, well, I can't go. I can't go. You see, she can do what you want to, but when you get wet, ladies, it's not modest. I don't care if you got your dress on. Really. And everybody else in there wasn't dressed in a dress. You know, and if you're a normal, red-blooded American male, even if you've got the Holy Ghost, you don't need to be around a bunch of women with about all their clothes off. You see, when, when the Bible, when I said I can't do that, that's like 
I don't guess I'm really allergic to any kind. Anybody allergic to any kind of food? What are you allergic to? Corn. But you know, if I had her over and I said, here's some corn, she might say, I can't eat that. Now, she don't mean that she can't physically eat it. She means she has learned that it causes her problems. So when I say there are some things that I say, I just can't do that. You see, it's not that I can't do it. It's not that I can't override my feeling. But if you get this feeling, if you've ever felt like I don't need to do that, it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. You better stick to what God's convicted you of. You see, that I, I don't want to get in there. We need to understand, and I'm, I'm trying to close. I want us to get a good night's rest. Uh, the Bible talks about in Romans 7 and 20 about the law of sin. There is a law of sin. Oh, it's a terrible taskmaster. And uh, the truth is, the only thing that can supersede is the law of the Spirit. You're going to have to have the Holy Ghost to overcome that law of sin. And of course, uh, 1 John 3 and 9 says, Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. That means they don't practice sin. That don't mean that you don't never do wrong. It means that's not your habit. It's not your lifestyle. I love, once again, it was Brother Booker. I thought it was so great. He said, David committed adultery, which was terrible. But he was not an adulterer. It was not his pattern. You see, in other words, he, he got in a place, and you know how he got in trouble? He was watching something he shouldn't have been watching. Uh, see, he, number one, he should have been out there at battle. He should have been in the prayer room. He should have been at church. But while everybody else, he stayed home, and then he went on top of the roof, and he saw something. Don't ever believe what you see don't affect you. I want you to know the eye, I want you to know the gateway to the soul. And if he hadn't have been looking at her, he never would have sinned. But it was not his habit. He was not an adulterer. And so uh, it's a difference. I've known people that were liars. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's told lies. Everybody at one point really told a lie. But there's some people that's liars. They just can't sing. And they'd they put their hand on the Bible and tell you, I'm telling you the truth. And knowing they're lying. That's a terrible thing. The Bible says all liars are going to have their place in the lake of fire. I don't care if you talk in tongue every time we come to church. If you're a liar, you're not going to be saved. That's just what the Bible says. I don't care how much you jump up and down. See, we need to understand. I, young people, I want you all to understand. I love the Sunday night, get down, turn around, Charlie Brown, let's have church. I love it. But you can be just lost as you are just running in this church right here, jumping up and down, talking in tongues. I got to live right. I got to do what is right. And then Romans 6 and 2 talks about being dead to sin. Dead to sin? I don't know if we're dead to sin. Like I told you, a dead man laying there, you can call him fat. He don't say nothing. You can wave a million dollars cash in front of him. He don't reach up there and grab him. See what I'm saying? We're supposed to be dead to sin. I mean, we're not even affected by it. Well, we're going to have to be full of the Holy Ghost to do that. The good news is, is that nobody can separate us from God. Boy, I'm glad that's true. I'm glad I, if the devil could separate us from God, he would have already done it. If the devil could kill us, he'd done killed us all. Say, so if he could do it. 
But Paul said, I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God. Oh, that's, a, that's the good news is you get a hold of God, and I don't care how bad your spouse is. I don't care how bad your children or your boss is. I don't care how bad you think the preacher is. If you get a hold of God, you can be saved. There's just not enough devils that can drive you out. It, it, you know, you really get full of the Holy Ghost. You can't run somebody off that's full of the Holy Ghost. Now, people not full of the Holy Ghost get offended. See, they get their feelings hurt real easy. When you're full of the Holy Ghost, you just shrug it off. You better learn to shrug it off because you're going to get offended. You just ought to be a preacher if you want to get offended, shouldn't they, Brother Edgar? You just learn to just shrug that old thing off, you know. Although I've lingered on a few of them. You know what I'm saying? Nothing wrong with getting hurt, but you've got to get over getting hurt. Even if they don't say they're sorry. That's the ones I have, you know, I'd forgive anybody if they say they're sorry. I don't have no trouble, really, I don't. But it's the ones that don't ever ask you. They're the ones that you wrestle with. You're just wishing, God, make them come over here and tell me they're sorry. You see, I hadn't got the victory over it if I feel like that. See, they ought to, you ought to forgive them. If you're really full of the Holy Ghost, you forgive them. See, whether they ever ask you or not. See, that's holiness there. That's holiness of spirit. And so we're going to be talking uh, about holiness of spirit and holiness of attitude. And then, of course, we're going to be talking about uh, how we ought to live. The Bible does say in Hebrews 6 and 1, let us go on. Let us go on. You know, it's understandable for a, a six-month-old baby not to have teeth and not know how to walk. You have to change his diaper. But you know, when they get 10 years old, there's something wrong with them. If they're still like that. And so it's not how long I've been in the church. It's how much I've got God directing me and leading me and guiding me. You know what I found out? When people first get the Holy Ghost, the majority of them is real easy to be entreated. When they first pray through, oh, you just tell them, oh, we don't do that. Oh, okay. But you know, after that, the Holy Ghost wears off. You got to have three commentaries, fourteen scriptures. You know, I say I want to be saved, folks. I want y'all to be saved. And the truth is, we're going to be saved. Hallelujah! The church is predestined, and there's some of us here going to be in. You're going to see somebody doing something you don't agree with every once in a while. But is it really any of your business? Really? You know, I'm just saying, really. You take care of yourself and uh, let God, and because unfortunately every once in a while I have to get involved there uh, on some situations. But y'all just count it joy that you don't have that responsibility. Man, there's been times I wished I hadn't had that responsibility. Up there in Cleveland, like I said, I've told you before, I'll just say it again, that we didn't have that many. You know, we just had three when we went there outside of my family. And boy, we got up to about 40, and it just seemed so good. But you know, one of them was doing something they shouldn't do. And I had to call them in and say, look, I love you, but you can't be singing if you're going to do that. 
Oh, I understand, but, but they quit me. But you know what? I don't take it back. If it's wrong, you just, it's just, just wrong. I, I can't change the Word of God just to keep a crowd. See, and that's what's happened in our society. People want a church, and who doesn't want to grow? Everybody wants to grow. Everybody wants their church to grow and, and, and have all the things that a, a bigger church can have. But you see, if we've got to compromise the Word of God, we'll just have to stay where we are because we're not going to be saved just having bodies on the pew. We're going to be saved because we're holy, separated from this world, full of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Why don't we sing a little song? Why don't we stand up tonight and uh, appreciate you being here. Please, please be here Friday and Saturday night. Lord,